Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Revolution Podcast. This is Chase, and right beside me, we've got Quinn Goosen. Quinn Goosen in the house. We're happy to be back. Uh, <laughs> it's just so fun. I have to say, it's just fun being here with the microphones mm-hmm. and our show notes and about to talk about stuff that we're passionate about. So it's interesting. Yeah. We've got a doozy of a topic today. There's so much to say about it, trying to keep ourselves self-contained. And we, we're always, it's always a good idea when you're doing public speaking stuff and you got a pretty big topic to introduce it with a story or an illustration mm. to help people wrap their minds around yeah. it. And Quinn, you and I were, we were trying to come up with illustrations and I just, I just love like, the the way our brains are different because we oh, just yeah. came up with very different <laughs> illustrations you're such you're a much more relatable person than i am i'm off like there's i've got like my little corner and then you've got like the broad expanse like you just connect with people right away and i say stuff that makes sense to me and almost nobody else um so do you want to just kick off with the uh wonderful illustration you came up with for today yeah um so we're going to be talking about success. Mm. And so I kind of wanted to illustrate it with Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Um, so this is, I mean, it's Tobey Maguire. So it's... You. We, full disclosure, greatly dislike Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Not a great movie. No. Um, or even just three movies. Yeah. Yeah. But it gets the point across. It does. So we can go with that. Um, there's a scene in Spider-Man 3 where um, Peter Parker, he is... Um. Yeah, he's he becomes he sees this new thing or this new um. Yeah, this newfound object, I guess you could say. Yeah, and it turns out to be venom. Yeah. Um, and so he ends up going. He he takes it and it overcomes him just a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And so it it gets him just like let's say on the chest and he he throws away he's like i don't yeah. i don't need this i got yeah. i got the spider powers yeah but then suddenly it comes back comes creeping back and then over time he just becomes venom but right. he's trying to escape it right in a sense and so through that he he loses so much of who he is he mm. loses the relationship with his aunt his girlfriend all yeah. of these kind of things and i think that illustrates this um point of success and how we keep striving for this but then yeah. it actually can end up um destroying a lot of the things in our life yeah i like that that's really good yeah um i my when we were brainstorming i went through several iterations of what to say because mm-hmm. there's so much to say because it's a very it's it's interesting because it's something that everybody kind of knows about and so it's been you could say like codified into a lot of different stories mm-hmm. um but one of the ones that a lot of people know about is from Lord of the Rings. It's the story of Gollum yeah. um, and kind of Gollum's backstory. We, we meet him when he's a shriveled, evil, kind of conniving, sniveling creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and, but his backstory is that he used to be a hobbit until he found the one ring. And uh, when he found the ring, uh, it captured his attention and he, he only used it a little bit at first, but then it pulled him in more and more and he started using it all the time. Um, and it eventually corrupted him and turned him into uh, this horrifying twisted creature that mm-hmm. we meet in the story. Um, and I think that that ring among the many things it can symbolize, it, it symbolizes um, how 
the world can so often think of success. And the point Tolkien in the story was trying to make is that um, once you start playing with that kind of fire, it pulls you in more and more. And like you said, it consumes who you are and mm -hmm. twists you into something new. Um, which is just very interesting. And so we want to take a look at this idea of uh, what the world says is success. Um, and we think it is quite harmful in a lot of ways that, act, that are accurately re um, represented in those stories. Um, and then after we look at that, uh, we want to look at um, what the Bible says about success, mm -hmm. um, how God says yeah. we should succeed, and how that casts a different vision for your life, and how good fruit comes out of that rather than the rotten fruit that comes from the success of the world. Um, so, Quinn, we're going to start off by asking the question, what, what is success? What are we even talking about right now? Yeah, we went through a bunch of different phases yeah. um, of definitions definitions because yeah. it's, it's something that can be a little bit tricky to pin down yeah yeah um so yeah you want me to just kind of go over definition of success of yeah just quick like what what do we say success is like mm -hmm. how, how would we talk about it yeah um we would say success is taking steps to where you want to get um i just butchered that no no that's good i think no you're right uh success um the phrase we came up with, because I said something, I said something a bit funny. I said, success is actualizing the positive potential of the future. Um, and then we said success, we, we, we reworded that. And we said success is taking steps to get what you want out of the future. Um, success is a target, like a target that an archer might aim at. It's a target you can yeah. aim at. It's this mountain you have to climb. Um, it is seeing a better way the world could be and doing things to get there. And then that's approaching success. And the actual success is um, making that thing happen. It's hitting the target. It's reaching the top of the mountain. It's um, getting that thing you want out of the future. Um, and everybody is trying to succeed at something, even if they don't know it. Everybody yeah. somehow, some ways aiming at something, even if it's just in very little ways, like um, in school, I want to get a good grade. Um, at work, I want to get this promotion. Um, but then it scales up and it's like in life, I, I want to have a... I want to get married one day. I want to have kids. Um, I want to be influential in my community. I want to have a, a healthy family. Um, so success can start small and then build larger. And all of us, in sometimes in unconscious ways, we're all aiming at something. And what's interesting that we, me and you have noticed, Quinn, is that uh, in the world at large, we have these very broad cultural definitions of success and all the various things in culture from media um, to entertainment to just the way just the even the language people use has been infused with our culture's ideas of success um, and we, we can illustrate that in a little bit but let's 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 uh, move on to that like what would we say um, the world's definition of success is what what is the good thing that the world wants us to to get out of the future. Do you want to take that or do you want me to kind of lead that one off? Yeah, I can I can give some of the the first points and you can just end it off. Yeah, yeah. Um I think some of the things that we originally talked about are things like fame. Mm. I mean, that that's a very simple one that everybody I mean, me and my brothers were like, "Oh, we're going to get famous one day." Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. But it's it's a target that we're aiming at. Um, Absolutely. and that's what a lot of the world will say as successes if you get famous or if you own a successful business mm -hmm. there's there are these targets that you're aiming at that give you a 
they give you a certain standard in in the world because you're recognized yes yeah recognition is a big one for sure um fame is big wealth i mean there's a few obvious ones that everybody kind of talks about totally um, like fame wealth um attention is one we talked about um being liked by people um those are all kind of things that is a bit more obvious that Raymond, but we want to uh, we want to poke some holes uh, in some things that uh, are even easy for us in the church to believe, just because they're so pervasive in the world. And what's tricky about them is that they sound right, mm-hmm. they sound good, but yeah. they're just slightly off. Um, so success in the world uh, can often here, here's here's a phrase: success in the world means living your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, success in the world. Uh, means being true to who you are it means being the authentic you um that's a that's a big one um there's lots to unpack there like uh we could ask what does it even mean to be true to who you are how could you not be true to who you are Mm -hmm. anyways there's lots there but what people often mean by that is um living your truth means deciding what is right and wrong for yourself, what is good mm. for yourself, and then acting in that way. It means, um, what would you say? Almost creating your own universe, um, yeah. creating your own world, mm-hmm. creating, um, yeah, a, a, almost like you've heard the term, I want to write my own story. You hear that all the time, yeah. right? I mean, well, I just saw the new Spider-Man movie um, like two days ago. And um, a big, a big emotional moment in the movie was when the main character, Miles, he's like, I'm done with people writing my story for me and I'm going to write my story myself. And that's something that resonates with a lot of people because it's in all the stories we see nowadays because it's so ingrained inside of us. And and there's and this is the tricky part because there's something good about that, right? Where it's like, obviously, we don't want to just be told what to do. And obviously, we want to um, be unique in some way and, and have some control over our lives. But mm-hmm. um I think you and I would both agree that um, that can get dangerous because first of all, we don't always know what's best for us. Amen. Not just that, we don't always want what's best for mm-hmm. us. One of the tricky things about people is that we often want things that are bad for us. So um, true. And it's, it's this, it's this, it taps into this funny idea that we often have, and I'm guilty of this too, but thinking that the world started spinning when you were born, it's like the world's been around a lot longer than you have. Yeah. And um, people weren't dumb until your like our generation was born like people have been observing the way the world works for so so long and we've realized a few patterns and we try to pass that on to people to be helpful um but it's so easy to say i'm gonna succeed in my own way i'm gonna go off by myself Mm -hmm. um i'm going to what would you say Become who I'm meant to be. Um, but here, here's one. Here's one. Get in touch with yourself. Mm, um, makes sense. It doesn't. Like, what exactly. does that even mean? Um, but that's what people say you're supposed to do. Um, and then here's another one. Realizing that you're good enough the way you are. You, you're enough the way you are. And a big part of what we would say nowadays um, is success uh, is realizing that you're good enough the way you are. And again, there's something tricky about that because that sound, it's like, it's good to be confident in who you are and yeah. it's good not to be insecure and not to um, be anxious and depressed about who you mm-hmm. are as a person. Um, but, and we can get to this more later, but I would say that nobody's enough the way they are, mm-hmm. um, but Jesus is, and that's a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, so success in the world um, means, I mean, living your truth. There's so many things wrong with that idea. Uh, first of all, the idea of your truth. There's one truth. You can't have multiple truths. Like one plus one equals two. It doesn't equal three. Uh, exactly. And there's no way around that. And that's the world of truth. Um, and then being true to who you are. How do you know you're even? You're. How do you even know you're a good person? How How do you even know that you couldn't be a better person? Um, being the authentic you. There's just, there's just, they're very nuanced phrases and they're very loaded nowadays. And almost become cliche in a way. Almost become cliche for sure because they're repeated so often. Um, but I, let's, let's take this down a little bit. Um, at the beginning, we use stories to illustrate how leaning into these ideas of, of success are harmful. Mm -hmm. um, do we want to press into that a little bit? Let's take the idea of living your truth. How would um, being consumed by the, like, being consumed by the idea that I'm going to live my truth. Um, do you have any ideas of how that could harm somebody's life? Or do you want me to keep going on this a little bit? Um, yeah, I think living your truth can harm you because, like you said, we, we don't always know what's best for us. Mm -hmm. We like to think we do. Um, but like you also said, we often end up choosing what's bad for us. Yeah. And so the minute that we think, oh, I know what's best for me in every single moment of my life, yeah. we're going to end up thinking that we're living the best life. We're going to yeah. think we're living in every way that's going to benefit us. Yeah. But it's actually when we take that off and be like, wait a second, I actually don't. Mm -hmm. That's actually going to be more beneficial for us because yeah. we're we're giving up control. Yeah. I mean, well, what does Proverbs say? Uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Uh, what does fear of the Lord mean? It means submitting to God because you realize how weak you are before him. And mm -hmm. how. what does God say? Um, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. Realizing that and being like in awe of that so is good. the beginning of wisdom because you're submitting to that. And then you think of uh, the passage in Romans 7, I believe, when the apostle Paul's like... Um, um, the good I want to do, I do not do. And the evil that I wish not to do, that is what I do. And so I find this law work within me that every time I try to do good, I do the evil instead. Um, living your truth. Um, the idea that living your truth implies, and it ties into those. Let's say this, living your truth, being true to who you are and being the authentic you implies that you you already know the best way to live. And it, mm -hmm. it implies that you don't have anything to learn. Um, and it implies, it, it does imply that everybody else is wrong. And you might say, well, no, everybody else can live their, everybody can live their truth. It's like, wh what do you even mean by that? Mm -hmm. um, yes, everybody needs to make decisions in their own lives. Um, but we also need to have a standard. Because yeah. if there's no standard, there, there's never going to be a standard. Um, and I think we'd at a certain, and it might be easy to say, well, you know, everybody can do what they want, um, but everybody disagrees with that at a certain point. We just need to figure out where that point is. And you and I would both say that the Bible sets the standard. 100%. Um, but if we don't use the Bible as a standard and everybody gets to set their own standard, um, then you can set your standard wherever you want. And you want, well, I want to live like a serial killer. And it's like, well, you shouldn't do that. Why? I'm just living my truth. My truth is that, you know, it, I, I have these voices inside my head and I feel a little crazy and I want to go hurt people. And, um, but we would all say that's wrong and that's a standard. 
but we need to decide where that standard comes from. And there's, that's a long conversation that we can get into. And people might think I'm a little bit ridiculous, but think through it a little bit at least. And um, mm-hmm. anyways, the point we're making here is that um, following these ideas of being the authentic you, being true to who you are, living your truth, um, the Bible paints a picture of humanity as fundamentally corrupt because of sin. And so being true to who you are um, as a flawed, broken human being means you're going to make mistakes and it means you're going to fall into a pit. And it, it means like, what does Paul ends that passage by saying, what a wretched man that I am, who can save me from this misery? Mm-hmm. Thanks be to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a reason Paul says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Exactly. It's because Paul knows he's seen it. Yeah. And we, we've all seen how corrupt the world is. And so yeah. the moment you try and live that out, yeah, it's, you're just embracing how corrupt the world is and that's not actually going to get you anywhere closer to god but rather closer to the patterns of deceit absolutely sin in the world yeah here's a here's an illustration when i was younger me and my brother used to go to the uh local what do you call it is it a community pool we always call it we called it the wave pool because like like every hour or something, they'd like send these big waves. And we thought it was the most amazing thing ever. It is. They were probably really small, but we were little too. So they felt big. Anyways, part of this pool was uh, the lazy river section. Mm-hmm. And that's mostly for old people, I think, which I realized now I didn't know back then. <laughs> um, and so me and my brothers, but it was like, there was an actual current in there and it would do a loop. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was the most brilliant thing ever. And the water was a little warmer there too. So that was nice. But we'd go in there. And in the lazy river, because there's a current, if you just kind of sit and float, it's going to push you mm-hmm. around in the current. Um, but if you want to actually get to where you want to go and you swim against the current, you're going to have to put effort into that. And that takes work and you have to make the decision to do that and you have to work for it. And uh, I think that compares to the way success works in the culture because if you just float in life and if you just go on autopilot um like you said quinn this idea of a mold that the world's pushed you into um culture and society are all they always have a direction there's always a flow to them because mm-hmm. cultures kind of work on narratives and stories have these flows to them and so if if you're just floating around in your life and you you don't put thought into what you're doing and what you're aiming towards that idea of the target if you don't put thought into what you're aiming towards um like that lazy river you're just going to be pushed where the world wants you to go Mm -hmm. and we think that where the world wants you to go is pretty bad because the world people humanity were corrupt because of sin and so Mm -hmm. if you just follow that path um you're going to be led deeper and deeper into that kind of darkness but if you take a second to decide um I want to aim towards something else. That's going to take effort. It's going to take work, um, but you can do it. And then that, uh, that thing you said of um, if if you take some time to think about it and you decide, you hear something like live your truth and be true to who you are. And you think, oh, that sounds really good. I'm going to do that. And you start swimming towards that because the flow of the culture is already going that way. Mm-hmm. It's going to push you along a lot faster because there's a current yeah. behind you. And that just pushes you further and further into that pit, which is what we were talking about. Once you start giving into that, it's mm-hmm. a lot harder to change direction. So it's important to, as early on as you can, take a minute, think about what you want to get out of your life. What is the What, what do you want to get out of the future? Why are you living? Um, what are you aiming towards? What mountain are you climbing? What peak are you climbing towards? And then figure out how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And that might be hard work because maybe it's against the culture, 
it probably should be against the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's my that's that's a little illustration to help us think about um, you know, why this is important, what it means yeah. to aim towards success. Um, honestly, success in the world, we live in a very selfish world, uh, especially in the West, because we have the story of individualism is so like succeed on your own. And honestly, a lot of this comes down to, um, you succeed when you're better than the person next to you. Um, and if you can kick them and tear them down a little bit while you're at it, so they're that much lower than you, that's probably a pretty good thing to do too. Um, our culture elevates the self and tends to denigrate others um i don't know what would you say about that yeah i i think you hit it spot on i think yeah i mean i've had conversations with people where they're just like oh all we're supposed to do then in christianity is just is just do what's best for us to get closer to god and i'm like no that's just what the world thinks in general is Mm -hmm. we're supposed to cut other people down like you said yeah um, so that we can we can be number one because that's all that's all that matters. But actually, yeah. that's the furthest thing from the gospel. And what we're actually supposed to do is live in community and yeah. build each other up towards Christ. Totally, yeah. Um, and that kind of takes us somewhere because we've talked about um, what what do we mean by success? We've talked about, and it, that means what you're aiming at, what you, the good thing you're trying to get out of the future. We talked about what the world says that thing is. The world tells us to aim at certain things. It tells us to be true to who we are. It tells us um, to that we need to um, become one with ourselves. We need to realize that we're enough the way we are. Mm-hmm. We need to live our truth. That's what the world tells us to aim at. We've talked about how we think that's pretty dangerous. Uh, yeah. That's um, not the way uh, the universe is actually constructed. Um, but now let, let's pivot a little bit. We've talked about success in the world. If we're saying be away with that, what would we say we're aiming towards? What, what's success according to God? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's, a, there's a broad definition here that we can start with that can then frame our minds as we talk about this. Do you want to Westminster confession us, Quinn? Oh boy. Quinn, ask me what the chief end of man is. Chase, what's the chief end of man? Quinn, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Westminster Confession, baby. Read it. It's awesome. Anyways, um, what's the chief end of man? What's our purpose? Why are we living? Mm -hmm. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. So good. Boom. That's it. But there's a lot to unpack there. 100%. Um, Do we maybe want to start by contrasting that to the vision that the world casts? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Let's start with this. Um, glorifying God and enjoying him forever is an ongoing pursuit. So good, um, yeah. The world says we can arrive. We can become one with ourselves. We can mm-hmm. learn to live our truth. Um, we can, um, yeah, realize that we are enough the way we are. Um, God says, I mean, you read Philippians 3 and Paul says, I'm not saying that I've arrived at perfection. No, it's a it's a race that I'm continually running until the mm-hmm. very end. Um, so I think one of the things we need to realize about success is that success for God, I mean, in our pursuit of glorifying and enjoying him, um, that's something that we're going to work at our whole lives. Um, and that's not miserable. That's not a bad thing. It's not so scary true. that we can't um, necessarily succeed fully in this life. It's actually um, an amazing thing because, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, you'll never get bored because there's always more ways to know God and more ways to glorify him and a, a deeper level of enjoyment you can get out of your relationship so with him. So true. Yeah. Um, I think even something like 
reading the gospels. Mm-hmm. I think so many people, and I've even found myself in this, and it's it's a terrible thing that I'm definitely trying to work on, but it's, I, I'm reading the gospels yeah. and it's like, oh, these are just the same stories. Mm. Like, seriously, let's, yeah. let's move on to something more exciting, quote yeah. unquote. But I'm yeah, like, yeah. no, that's actually the wrong mindset. Hmm. It's, you need to take a different look and a different approach because each writer is taking it from a different angle. Yeah. It's like, sure, you can look at the, Jesus's healings three times, yeah. four times. It's like, that's, it's still incredible. And you still need to take time to study that. As totally. Well. well, it's really, if you, if um during a day uh, you wrote down every single word that you said, and then, you know, somebody who doesn't know you got that transcript and they read it, they'd be able to tell a little bit about who you are. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't know you fully, but they could, they could tell a little bit about who you are. One of the amazing things about the Bible is that um, you read it and you hear about people all the time, right? Where, uh, 10 years after reading this one verse, they read it again and it strikes them in a whole new way. Yeah. You say the word of God is living, sharper than two, any two-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shows the character of God just a little bit, not fully, but yeah. the fact that the Bible is alive and the Bible is um, endlessly fresh and mm-hmm. endlessly exciting and there's always something to get out of it. If that only reflects a little bit about how God is, imagine mm-hmm. how fresh and exciting and constantly rejuvenating God himself is mm-hmm. as compared to just his, his the few words of his that we have. Um, so, you know, I think that's really good because the Bible helps illustrate um, the character of God in that way. And it shows how it's an always an ongoing pursuit in this um, looking for a new angle to read the Bible. And it's like through your life in different circumstances, you're going to come to understand the character of God in whole new ways. So I think that's a really good illustration of how God's words reflect a bit of his character. Um, and a big part, and, th- and that comes down to enjoying God, right? And our mm-hmm. definition of success, glorifying and enjoying God. Um, enjoying God is knowing him, mm-hmm. right? Um knowing who he is, not just um, like almost formulaic definitions Mm -hmm. um, that you can sometimes get. Not that those aren't good. It's good to know who and what God is, um, but to actually know him in relationship. That's part of this ongoing pursuit. Um, Because even like person to person, we could spend our entire lives talking and being friends and we still wouldn't fully know each other. Mm -hmm. And we're just finite human beings. Imagine an infinite God, how much greater we can know him, how much more enjoyment we can get out of our our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So as, as opposed to the world's, the world saying you can arrive and you can be good enough. um, God would say, there's always somewhere better to be. And that's a good thing. That's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty good for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say about um, contrasting again to the world? Here's what our definition of success, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That tells us that there are more important things than just ourselves. Mm-hmm. What, would you, what would you have to say about that? Yeah, I think there's definitely more important things than ourselves. And I think that's one, our relationship with God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like you also said, it's, it's recognizing the imperfections and realizing that mm. we're not enough. Yeah. I think when we, when we take a look at how imperfect we are, yeah. Um, that humbles us a lot. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that's, that's a good thing because mm-hmm. as soon as when we're humbled and we're taken, the pride is taken out of us and yeah. being like, I know everything. Yeah. I think that gives us a different shift of perspective yeah. and allows us to then focus on God yeah. and be like, Hey, 
this actually isn't working for me. Yeah. Trying to strive for this fame and fortune mm -hmm. or trying to find the real me. Yeah. That, that's not going to lead you anywhere. But then you're like, you get struck with the gospel and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is actually way better. Yeah, and I'm absolutely. able to glorify God and enjoy him forever mm -hmm. because you're like, this isn't working, but God is the one who's, yeah. who's going to make me whole and full. Yeah. I mean, you think of King Solomon, the Bible, rich wise, successful, well-loved, um, building the temple, great relationships with all the other rulers around him. And then you get to the book of Ecclesiastes and he says, um, oh, what, what are the words he says? Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Mm -hmm. The world, there's nothing new under the sun. Life, he basically, he gets a little existential. He's like, life is meaningless. Nothing that happens matters. Um, which is just a shocking thing from a, like a king, uh, a man who for all appearances had everything. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that stands for him is his relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, I, a man named um, Paul Washer, he's a famous preacher. Um, in one of his sermons, he said, everything in your life um, that isn't connected to the kingdom of God, everything about you that isn't connected to the kingdom of God is going to burn on the last day. Um, and really what that means is um, it's an encouragement. Um, mm -hmm. it, it helps tell us that God is the most important thing in our yeah. lives, that the story isn't necessarily about us. We're part of it. We, we're, mm -hmm. He's given us a part to play, which is amazing. Um, but that doesn't mean it's all about us. It doesn't mean the universe is centered around us. Mm -hmm. It means it's centered around God and it's centered around his bride, the church mm -hmm. that he's brought into this. And there's this huge cosmic narrative that the Bible unpacks. And we've been granted a part to play in that, which is amazing. But this idea of glorifying God and enjoying him forever, um, it turns the focus from ourselves and our happiness even though happiness like enjoying god happiness is part of it which is amazing mm -hmm. um but the main focus is that relationship with god and it's it's a it's it becomes like a rather than a one-way street whereas the world would say um live your truth be true to who you are realize you're good enough that's a one-way street being fed into yourself um glorifying God and enjoying him forever makes it a two-way street where mm -hmm. you have a part to play, but you also, it's, it's amazing that you do get something out of it. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that, and I like what you said about how it humbles you. Cause uh, one of the other things we talked about how is how this is a humble pursuit. Um, the idea of glorifying God, um, cause it happens on your knees. It happens admitting you're broken. Uh, it happens when you realize that you are not, enough the way mm -hmm. you are. And I'm stealing this from a lady, this phrase, a lady named Elisa Childers, brilliant lady, written a few great books. Um, but she says, you are not enough the way you are, but Jesus is, and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. Cause I mean, like try to, try to live thinking you're good enough. Try it for 10 years and see how it goes for you. You're going to be let down very quickly. Um, mm -hmm. Like the idea that you're enough, that you are, Good enough. Good enough for what? Good enough for yourself. Good enough to make yourself happy. Good enough to contribute to the world. Good enough to make the world a better place. No, the the, the world is hopeless uh, without Jesus. That that's the mm -hmm. point. Um, we ruined it. Sin has ruined it. Mm -hmm. um, we are honestly powerless by ourselves, which sounds so depressing. Um, 
and this is interesting, secular philosophers, um, there's so many that it's called existentialism, this idea that um, the world is meaningless, that there's mm -hmm. nothing good about it. Yeah. And, you know, as uh, the Christian community often tries to dismiss those people, I'm like, no, they're right. Like they are hitting on how th that pessimism, like just downtrodden, mm -hmm. that idea that the world's messed up and useless and people are corrupt. That's true. That's part of the narrative. But they're missing the other half, which is Jesus came to save. Um, and so realizing that we are fundamentally part of the problem because we're fundamentally corrupted by sin, but then realizing that Jesus came, he died, we believe in him, he chose us and raises us to new life with him, that breaks down any prideful spirit you might have. And you realize that you make this choice to glorify mm -hmm. God and you become fulfilled in him in a way that you never could. Um, Whereas, like we talked about, like that idea of venom, when Peter Parker um, starts experimenting with this uh, alien symbiote and it starts taking over him and corrupting him and um, breaking down the best parts of, of himself, mm -hmm. um, when the Spirit of God comes into you, it builds you up and it, it, mm -hmm. it says you're a new creature in Christ. Yeah. And, you, and that's where this enjoyment piece comes from is there is a joy in relationship with god that cannot be found anywhere else mm -hmm. we get pleasures in the world there's lots of pleasures from relationships pleasures from yeah. pursuits pleasures from succeeding in things um but their shadows and their fulfillment and mm -hmm. substance is christ um i could go on for a long time about that um well, good but and let's talk about this last thing now uh, we talked about how um part of succeeding for god in this way of glorifying and enjoying him means abandoning success of the world do you want to hit on that just quickly and then we can move on mm -hmm. abandoning success of the world yeah i think it means putting down the things that that when you really take a look at it mm -hmm. and you really stare at what you think success is yeah it's actually doesn't fulfill you right yeah. it yeah, and, and when you see that and you're like, that actually doesn't work. Or mm -hmm. For me, it means, well, don't just keep trying to do it. Yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense. That, yeah. That's, that's a dumb idea. It's so easy to live that way though, right? Totally. That's the problem. Yeah, but it's, it's actually taking that thing when, when you're hit with that, oh, this isn't filling me up mm -hmm. as much as I would like. It's like, well, then get away from it. Yeah. Um, and turn to God. And there's... Mm -hmm. We're not saying don't do well in your job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because you should strive to do well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do all do. things as if doing it for the Lord, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's also questioning, hey, am I trying to succeed for myself, mm -hmm. for my own wealth? Yeah. Or am I trying to do it so that God is shown through this? Yes, that's so good. Am I am I become am I a teacher teaching 12-year-old kids? Am I doing that so that kids look up to me and be like, that's what I want to be like, or is it, am I modeling Christ yeah. through my teaching? That's really, really good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause we're not supposed to like retreat from the world. We're not supposed to just abandon jobs, relationships, what have you, whatever it is. Um, but you are supposed to go into it with a mindset of how can I glorify God in this? So I think that's a good time to pivot. Um, we've talked about, um, what success is, what success in the world is, why mm -hmm. that's dangerous, um, what success in God means, glorifying and enjoying him. Um, 
And we've talked about how that's different from the world, but let's talk about how do we actually take steps towards um, glorifying and enjoying God? How do we take steps towards success in God? And I think um, I, you hit on something at the very end there. Remind me what you were just saying. I had such a good thought and then it vanished. Um, oh, yes. Uh, that, that, that idea of um, not abandoning the world, um, of it's okay to succeed in jobs and all these different things, but questioning why. Let's start there. Um, you want to know how to glorify and enjoy God uh, in your life, take a look at the things you already do. Maybe you're mm -hmm. part of a sports team. Maybe you're in school, high school or college or whatever it is. Uh, maybe you have a job. Um, maybe you have friendships and family relationships. Uh, one of the things you can do is just look at the things that are already in your life and say, how am I glorifying God in this? And mm -hmm. if the answer is I'm not, or I'm not really, Pray, read the Bible, find ways to glorify God in the day-to-day, -day, in small things. Maybe it's um, the way you talk with your family before you leave in the morning. Maybe you're a little bit snappy. Maybe you can change that and make it a kind word. Um, in your job, are you working your hardest or are you lazy? In your schoolwork, are you doing the best that you can do? Um, because the, again, the Bible says, do all things as if doing them for the Lord. Um, and so you can just take the opportunities as, that God has already put in your life and just ask yourself the simple question, how am I glorifying God in this? So good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that. I think even just, yeah, uh, examine those things mm -hmm. and, and pray about it. Yeah. 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 Um, I think we underestimate prayer <laughs> a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's this incredible relationship yeah this this thing where we get to cry out to the one who made us yeah the one who who loves us no matter what yeah the one who called us out of darkness and and we don't we underestimate that mm -hmm. and so i think part of it is praying to god and being like lord i i don't see everything mm -hmm. but if i'm not glorifying you in my job on my sports team in my writing whatever it is mm -hmm fix that yeah help me yeah because i need it right now That's i think so i think we we underestimate that because then through that god's gonna he's gonna show you mm -hmm. and he'll show you things that you might be doing good yeah but he's also gonna be like hey you need, you need to change this this and this yeah absolutely and it's our job to repent yeah. and then to change that that's so good yeah on the idea of prayer and like that relationship i think that yeah prayer helps um god can now convict you in your day-to-day -day life and how mm -hmm. to do these things in those um, but also just the idea of like relationship itself mm -hmm. um having a strong intimate relationship with god glorifies him for like absolutely but that, that enjoyment piece also really starts to come through there um mm -hmm. because relationship with god um will be the greatest fulfillment in your life mm -hmm. full stop um yeah and that comes through different things that comes through your church community yes it comes through prayer yes it comes through reading scripture uh and it comes through living life um i guess you could say hand in hand with god uh it's involving him in the everyday um mm -hmm. it's framing your mind you talked about um being fit into the mold of the world it's breaking out of that and mm -hmm. um what does paul say offering yourself as a living sacrifice yeah. um coming into that mindset and living in that way um will lead to a deeper relationship with god and that's where a ton of the enjoyment comes in um and it's it's hard to describe it's like there's a reason 
the metaphor of a husband and wife are used between Christ and the church, mm-hmm. um, not only um, to illustrate the bonds and the commitment and the headship, but also to illustrate um, the love and the joy that comes from that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason we relate to God. We call him God the Father, right? God, mm-hmm. the, one of the persons of the Trinity. Um because the relationship between a father and a son can be so close and loving and enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and the re- the positive elements of the relationship you can have with God, um, and this is what we said at the beginning about that idea of uh, it's this relationship, this enjoyment and glorification is an ongoing pursuit. Your relationship with God will only ever get deeper. And that's mm-hmm. an amazing thing. So I think that's really good. Um, but then on on that note as well, uh, the idea of experiencing God through community, mm-hmm. something we talked about, how do you pursue the glorification of God and enjoyment of him? We're talking about living in gospel community. Do you want to hit on that a bit? Yeah, I think, I mean, for me and Chase, we just finished youth group. Yep. But um, yeah, I know finding young adults, mm-hmm. finding, getting involved with the youth group. Yeah getting involved in life groups, whatever it is. And sometimes it's like just something that they announce like, Hey guys, join a life group. Yeah. But they, they announced that on a Sunday morning and we're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But mm-hmm. I think having like-minded believers yeah. around you, yeah. they're, they're going to push you. Yeah. They're going to challenge you. I, I mean, chase right here. He'll <laughs> call me out. He'll challenge me, make me think I, I have mentors in my life who do that as well. And mm-hmm. it's, they they remind me that actually what I'm what I'm doing what I'm what the thoughts that are going through my head sometimes it's like you need to shift that mm. and I think having those those tangible people as well yeah will help you as well because they help you focus on God yeah totally because you see it yeah I mean it. there's the metaphor of like the coals right mm-hmm. like imagine there's a pile of hot coals um, they're all burning red really good they're all hot together. And imagine you took some tongs and you picked one of those coals out and set it by itself later. It's going to go out pretty quickly, right? It yeah. doesn't stay hot on its own. Um, but then if you put it back in the pile with the rest, it gets hot again. Um, and that's often how we work as people and as believers. Um, that idea of being on fire for God. Um, it's very difficult for that to happen by yourself because we're not meant to be by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter talks about how we're being built up as living stones of the house of God. Um, a house isn't made out of just one stone. Mm-hmm. It's all the bricks stacked on yeah. top of each other making the house. Um, and so you can't do that by yourself. And Hebrews uh, tells us uh, to not neglect uh, meeting together as some have done. Um, and then that idea of being called out Um the, like you said, there are there are people who are going to notice the wrong things and challenge and love you and push you along to grow, um, and that leads and that that idea of growth and spiritual growth and sanctification, um, that's you becoming more like Christ. Mm-hmm. There are people around you if you get involved in a believing community, in church, in a life group, in youth group, in young adults, um, in men's and women's groups, um, who will help you to become more like christ and that's going to make your relationship with god all the more intimate 
And the amazing thing is not only are people going to be pouring into you, but you get the opportunity to pour into other people and the okay. spirit of God to work through you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, and if you're in prayer and you're um, meditating on these communities and really investing in them, you'll see the spirit working through you in the most miraculous ways. And that makes you trust God so much more. And it gives you awe at the ways he works in the world around you. And it just gets more and more incredible. And you're just left like on your knees with your hands open, like, God, I don't understand but this is amazing mm-hmm. and it's like this feedback loop in the community where you're fed and then, then you feed others and it keeps on going and in that way the house of god is built up um and it brings glory to god um, because it's his bride it's the church that's growing stronger mm-hmm. and more like yeah. him and you, because you're receiving this fascination this awe this reverence this respect this worship and praise of god your heart and your will become aligned to his. And since you want, then you start to desire the things he desires. And then because the community is working so well, those things are happening. And because your desires are then being fulfilled, you get enjoyment out of that because you get enjoyment when your desires are fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so not only are you now glorifying God by building up his house, but because your desires are his desires and those are desires are being met by the house being built up, you're happy about that. And you see glorifying God and enjoying him forever. That's what's happening. Um, And we just get a taste of that on earth and then in heaven it goes on forever and that's incredible but that starts by entering into that community and mm-hmm. being willing to be criticized and invested into and being willing to invest into others so that's uh that's a pretty amazing thing as yeah. well it's um, so good so good and last thing there kind of mentioned heaven but living in the light of eternity um specifically two aspects of our lives that are pretty big um relationships and suffering um because when you're trying to succeed in the world it's very easy to live day by day be like how can i um how can i make the most of myself today how do i succeed today and that's good um but you know we talked about how success in the world often comes down to being better than the person next to you Mm -hmm. um when you live in the light of eternity and you live in the light of the gospel, you realize that every single person you meet, and this is C.S. Lewis's thought, I'm just stealing it, uh, but you realize that every single person you meet, uh, whether it's the homeless person um, collapsed on the side of the street or the woman wearing glasses who you see drive by you on the road um, or the barista at the coffee shop that you see every week, um, every single person is either going to heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. There's no in between. There aren't just people in your life. Um, there are eternal souls um, who are either going to be saved or damned, and you get a part to play in that. Um, and part mm-hmm. of glorifying God is spreading the gospel, the advancement of the gospel, the bringing of His sheep back into His fold. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked about how uh, we talked about relationship with God. And as your relationship with God grows, uh, we we said that your thoughts and desires become aligned with His. And in the parable of the ninety nine sheep, um, what happens when the sheep gets brought back? All the angels of heaven rejoice, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, as your relationship with God grows, and therefore your desires become aligned with His, when sheep come into His fold, you're going to rejoice a lot too because mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, and then finally, suffering. Um, your perspective on suffering will just change uh, if your definition of success is to glorify and enjoy God. Um, Because when you suffer and you're trying to live for yourself, Mm -hmm. everything hurts and nothing is ever good enough. But when you're living for God and you suffer, the first thing you think is, God, how, how is this being used for your kingdom? Mm-hmm. And you see that in the Apostle Paul. Uh, he's in prison and he's writing to the Philippians and he says, um, I want you to know, guys, that what's happened to me, it's spreading the gospel. Mm-hmm. 
So he doesn't complain. He says the gospel is being spread, um, which is just incredible. Um, so how do we live like that in the suffering? And I know suffering, it can get really bad. I know it can get bad. Um, I know some people suffer a lot more than others. Um, and we can often feel like, oh, you can't tell me how I'm supposed to feel because I'm really upset right now and this hurts. And I know life can get absolutely terrible. I, I know how bad it can get. Um, and I'm not saying you have to feel happy all of the time. And I'm not saying it's bad to mourn. Jesus wept when his friend died, right? Mm. Um, it is okay to mourn and be upset. Um, but that doesn't mean you need to slide into despair. Yeah. Um, it means you can say, God, you and I are both weeping at this broken world. Let's make it better. Mm-hmm. So anyways, anything you want to hit on for relationships and suffering there? No, I think you nailed it. I'm sorry. I talked for a while there. No, you're good. I thought a lot about those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So, man, just a recap. Um, success in the world, once you give into it, it will eat you up until mm-hmm. any good part of you is gone and you become a pretty detestable person. Um Success is a target that you're aiming at. It's a mountain you climb. It is taking steps to get what you want out of the future. And if you just kind of go on autopilot and drift in your life, the culture is going to push you into its definition of success. And we think that definition of success is pretty bad. But God's definition of success isn't Mm you-centered. It's him-centered. It's glorifying and enjoying him. How do you glorify and enjoy him? Uh, You seek to glorify him in the day-to-day. You pray, you seek relationship with God. You live in a gospel-centered community and you live in the light of eternity, recognizing that sufferings are temporary and you recognize that the people around you um, are sheep wandering and they can be brought back into the fold of God. So any last minute thoughts uh, to kind of wrap up the show? I think that's great. That's great. Glad we could do this. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning into Revolution Podcast. Um, we're going to be playing the music, so hopefully it's playing right now, and we'll see you guys later. All right. See ya.